Welcome to Ballistic Radio. Join us as we discuss hard-won self-defense lessons, as well as the information you need to survive a violent encounter. Listen as armed professionals, industry experts, national champions, and gunfight survivors answer all your firearms and self-defense questions while exploring your rights and responsibilities as an armed citizen. Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. And now, here's your host, John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com. Get the latest behind-the-scenes photos, videos, stuff, things, arguments, uh, pictures of me at the gym. What? Other stuff at Facebook.com slash Ballistic Radio. Co-hosting with me, it's Officer Nick. Hi, y'all. You're, you're just... <laughs> so, uh, Melody, Melody was unable to make it for tonight's live show just because of scheduling conflicts. And I, I found a uh, not nearly as, as fun to look at. No, wait... Wave that's, off. That, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, kind of. Uh, so yeah, Nick, you're you're co-hosting the show tonight. How how excited are you? Oh, I'm absolutely thrilled. You you sound like it. So hey, guess what? Guess what? What? This segment brought to you by Lucky Gunner and Federal Premium Ammunition. Whether there was a firefight or you do, in fact, want to worry about that little guy, you need more ammo. And when it's time to restock, you can't beat Federal Premium Ammunition LuckyGunner.com. With a shipping department that's always moving at 88 miles per hour, if I order a case of American Eagle from Lucky Gunner on a Thursday, tap my doorstep ready to shoot before the weekend starts. Head to LuckyGunner.com today to check out their in-stock lineup of Federal Premium Ammunition. Remember... Unless you're on fire or drowning or some other eventuality that I have not considered that would probably be unhappy to have a lot of weight or burning things on, um, you can never have too much ammo. So, yeah. Anyway, tonight, here's what I thought would be sort of cool to, to talk about. And because um, not that I like do last minute stuff, like not get a guest or anything like that, because that would be that'd be wrong. But. Um, I thought it'd be sort of cool to, to discuss what we wish we had been told or done differently getting into all this and like maybe the ways that the advice, um, knowledgeable, and I'll put rabbit ears around that knowledgeable, uh, people give is not necessarily useful to people when they're starting out. Um, what about you, Nick? Was there anything like, I don't really know how you got started serious, but was there anything that. Looking back on it, you're like, ah, oh, I wish somebody had told me not to be a jerk this way or anything like that. Well, I traveled a lot when I was younger and mm-hmm. got my carry permit and everything. And um, the Facebook and Instagram and YouTube kick was really big then where everybody was an instructor and like nobody had any credibility. <laughs> so I got into it the wrong spot with people that were making names for themselves or trying to right off the get go without actually getting decent training from somebody like that was decently reputable. Right. Um, do you think that, um, so I was like super lucky because the very first, like, uh, I can hear 
something fun is happening in the world of sports ball because there's like a, a, a sports, an ESPN studio is like right next door to us and I can hear them through the soundproofing, like something fun's happening. Um, I was super lucky in that when I got um, um, started or whatever, I was almost immediately exposed to guys like Todd Green and Craig Douglas and Tom Givens and stuff like that. So, but it seems like maybe the very first problem that people run into is they don't have any idea what's possible or like what, what does good look like? Do you think that's maybe something to do with it? Yeah, I, I'd agree there completely. Um, which Indiana doesn't require any sort of qualification for your firearms uh, to get your carry permit. Right. Which throws a lot of people off and... There's no no good standard <laughs> as far as that goes for mm-hmm. setting the bar. Like when I got my permit and the people I went to after that, like I said, were really Instagram heavy mm-hmm. and uh, aren't that good as shooters in real life. Huh. We won't name any names because um, that would be wrong to call people out on the show, you know, or <laughs> um, or anything like that. You know, so, but, um, wow, I totally did that. Um, I guess, let me, let me back up a little bit. And it seems like too that, I mean, maybe, maybe the first thing that I figured out or no, I didn't figure out, but that like people started sort of emphasizing that I didn't really understand when I first started. And I, I actually distinctly remember, so here's how big of a jerk I was, um, Claude Werner was participating on an online forum, and I, I distinctly remember him posting stuff and me thinking, wow, that guy's just an idiot. I know so much better than Claude <laughs> Werner. And, like, I look back at that now, and I'm like, oh, why didn't God, like, hit me with a lightning bolt or something like that, right? But, like, maybe the maybe the idea of, like, the negative outcome, like, maybe the, the thought that... Um, hey, just the fact that I have this does not necessarily mean I'm going to do good things with it. Uh, I think starting out, you know, I don't, I don't know about you and, and when that, um, you know, came out. And, and, you know, so for those that didn't kind of pick up on it, you're a police officer too. So, um, and not that that's good or bad, but it's, it's just a different context. Um, but like it, it didn't as a private citizen, like the idea that I was going to be anything other than just a hero with this thing didn't enter my mind, you know? And I think that that's kind of where a lot of people are at maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think everybody thinks that if they've got a gun, they're going to save the day no matter what happens and don't really think about the negative consequences of them not knowing what they're doing with the gun at any given point in time. Well, <clears throat> Do you think maybe that's just anything and it's just happens to be more uh, noticeable when somebody with a gun gets it wrong, I guess, just because the outcome is so detrimental, ca- yeah, detrimental, catastrophic? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um, well, we, we can come back to that. As far as, let me ask you this. Uh, what was your first carry gun? My first carry gun was a Smith and Wesson 1911. I of bought course. it. Bought it Bass Pro. <laughs> nice, nice. See, I had a G21 uh, SF back when they did the Picatinny rail model and like the dual side mag release. It didn't yeah. work super well. 
But uh, I distinctly remember putting excess big dot sights on it and then 185 grain uh, uh, double tap loaded gold dots. And I just thought that like I had Molgineer like in my uh, hybrid holster that I was carrying at 4 o'clock. And like, yeah, man, if anything happens, I got one for each dude because it's only going to take one. And it's like, womp, womp, you know. So it's funny to look back at that. But, you know, at the time, too, uh, we got about like a minute and a half left, and we'll maybe get a little bit more into this or go somewhere else. Um, when I started carrying, it was a lot um, so distracted by the sports ball stuff. Um, it, was, uh, it was a lot different as far as like what people thought, as far as what, what you should carry, what you should not carry, uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah. It, do you remember why you went with a 1911, or was it just that's that's what men carry? I think that that's pretty much it. I mean, I live in a pretty rural community, and 45s and 1911s are real big when I got my uh, permit and started getting into guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, and the other thing too, like the first gun I ever bought with my own money at 21 um, was a 1911 because you couldn't get like standard capacity magazines because there was still an assault weapon ban. And I'm older than you, so you didn't probably have to deal with that. But oh, Not at all. Yeah. So, like, I remember going into the gun store, and I could buy a Glock 17 with 10-round mags because that's all you could get. And then you could, like, look for 17-round mags, but they were about 140 bucks a piece um, or 1911. So the 1911 made sense for me. But anyway, uh, we got to go to break. Right now we're talking about stuff we wish we had done different. As far as related guns, and you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat makes the finest custom 1911s and scattergun since 1977. A legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories, as well as the new EDC-X9, which offers discriminating shooters 1911 match-grade accuracy, superior ergonomics, and concealability with modern service, pistol capacity, and reliability. Ha! At www.wilsoncombat.com. Oh, no, my unicorn fell over. Anyway, we're, <laughs> we're here with, uh, with Nick, and we're just talking about stuff that we wish we had done different. So what about gear, dude? I used to be, I mean, super into chasing hardware solutions for stuff, and it seems like that's becoming less and less important, at least for gun stuff, right? What do you think? Yeah, the 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 gear stuff when I start when I started when I got into it was all like hybrid holsters and Walmart leather belts and yeah, no medical anything. Mm. Well, so that's kind of interesting too. As far as like the the medical stuff, it's almost <clears throat> it's it's kind of funny. Um, it's it seems like this goes. And I've seen this happen with other stuff, but like, okay, this is important. We've identified this, that this is important. We're going to spend time talking about it. And then all of a sudden we've got a bunch of people that are like essentially shaming you if you post a picture that doesn't have medical gear, like clearly visible in it. And I want to be like, what medical class have you gone to? Just out of curiosity. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, so it's, it's almost becoming one of those things um, where... 
it's like I, I love that it's cool. Like I love that it's cool to, you know, talk about medical gear and carry medical gear, but it seems like maybe not as many people are actually going out and doing the work with that. Or what do you, what have you seen or what have you noticed? There's a lot of people that I think buy it because you're supposed to, yeah, you're supposed to, and don't do any training whatsoever. I Mm -hmm. mean, I didn't get any formal medical training until the police academy Mm -hmm. and that was still very minimal at best. So why is that? So I'm, I'm here. Well, I'd like to ask you about that if you're cool with it and not, not as like a what's wrong with you, but, um, like you're, you're a serious shooter. Like you are a, um, serious shooter. Uh, like on, you, you know, if you and I shoot against each other and we've done it before, like I, I have no, um, there is no assurity that I'm going to beat you at all. Uh, and you've, you've just flat out smoked me on a couple different things at various points. So like, you're clearly someone that has put time in in this area, but why haven't, uh, especially as like a police officer, I guess, um, why haven't you spent more time on it? And I'm not asking that to be critical. I'm just asking like the thought process behind it so I can understand it a little better. At the time, it didn't really seem like it was that big of an issue. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, everybody wanted to get the guns and the gear and go shoot, and which is a lot more fun, but... The medical training has just never come up, um, like I said, prior to the academy, AB, not because I didn't think I needed it, but because I felt like everything else was priority to that. Well, and that's actually kind of interesting, too. What do you think is um, – so I had somebody ask me the other day uh, via message or whatever on the show's page, but they were, they were talking about, you know, they asked me my thoughts on whether or not they should carry a second gun. Uh, and I'm like, I'm going through, like, what do you do, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, I think there are, are plenty of reasons why you would carry a second gun, uh, in, like a gun in addition to, like, a primary gun that you have on you. Um, but, like, from what he was saying, it didn't seem like he fit into what I would consider to be, other than he just wanted to, which I completely get behind, right? right. Like, that's, hey, I want to is is all the explanation anybody ever needs to give me for stuff like that. But it was interesting as far as like the priority that that's what he was concerned about. Um, so I guess what, what seemed more pressing or what was as far as like from compared to the medical stuff, I guess, how did you make that determination? Cause I'm really curious as far as why, um, you know, why people place importance on one thing versus another. Cause I, I think that's a conversation not a lot of people have. I honestly couldn't tell you why I didn't put more emphasis on the medical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's a nurse, one of my aunts is a nurse, and one of my other aunts ran a daycare for a while, which mm-hmm. they've always got injuries and stuff yeah. like that. And In my family, if someone got hurt, like mom or aunt took care of it, and that was pretty much it. Right. So I never, never thought about it because there was someone close to me that had the training, and I thought that was good enough. So that's kind of actually super interesting because that um, that's that's like the reason that I hear a lot of times as far as like why people don't carry a gun. It's like, well, because someone else will. And I wonder how much of that comes into um, sort of the the thought that the stuff that we don't like to think about, we tend to de-emphasize in our our considerations of it. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but like, 
yeah, you don't want to think about someone getting hurt or shot, so you kind of put it in the back of your mind yeah, and act like it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's like, well, so it, it sort of comes back into the thing that I was talking about at the beginning. Like, when I first started, it didn't occur to me at all that I might not be a hero with this thing, right? Um, and, I, I mean, I run into that a lot. I run into that a lot now with, like, newer people that are, like, just in talking to them about stuff. Uh, they will say things, and I'm like, I understand where you have considered all the ways this will go well for you, but I don't feel like you've spent any time considering all the ways this could go poorly for you. And I wonder if, um, like, even even with you or even with me, because, like, I've not done nearly as much. I've done medical stuff, but I've not done, and it's been a while. I should go and do a medical class now that I think about it. Um, I've not done nearly as much medical stuff as I've done, like, other stuff that is probably a lot less likely to be needed. And I wonder how much of that is just, well, someone else will take care of it. Or uh, even this, if I have to do this, that indicates that and something bad happened. Something bad happened whether I wanted it to or not, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that, I mean... I don't know. Do you do you think that people are just like I don't want to think of losing? Is that it or I don't even know if that's it so much as I just don't think people think they'll lose. There's a lot of overconfidence in most things nowadays. Oh, we've talked about that. <laughs> and I think that's most of it. People just don't think they're going to lose and don't they think they can save the day before anything bad happens. Huh. What do you think drives that? I honestly couldn't tell you. Mm. I mean it I've got no idea. Do you think it's just that since past, you know, past experiences indicated success that, well, this worked this time, so it will continue to work over and over and over? Or, I mean, maybe some success in training, but the real-world application of it would be hard to, to get out and put into context unless you were into it. And, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so I wonder if... Um, hmm. Maybe it's just sort of like a defense mechanism almost like, well, I don't have to, I don't have to spend any time on this because I'm never going to find myself in that situation. I guess the, the disconnect is, for me at least, is, you know, especially amongst the I carry a gun crowd, the, well, this, this will actually be interesting to talk about in the next segment, but I was going to say that if you're carrying a gun, you've at least considered that something bad might happen, but I don't know that that's actually true. I think that maybe a lot of people that carry firearms around as part of their day-to-day -day, um, are doing it not because they've honestly assessed their own personal risk but or anything like that, but it's just part of their identity and a way for them to express their identity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that completely. So, like, I'm a gun person, so I'm going to carry a gun. It's my, it's my right, which is fine. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not denigrating that, and that's frankly, why I started, you know, if I'm being honest, that's, it was, hey, I can, I'm going to do this thing because I can, America, yeah. you know? Yeah, but, I was on the road a lot whenever I started mm -hmm. and seeing, like, being in bigger cities like Houston and um, Jacksonville, Florida a lot really spurred me to looking into taking care of myself better. Right. Well, and I wonder, too, how much of that, we got about a minute left in this segment, but... <clears throat> I think that as far as people that are more likely to recognize bad things happen, I think that if you travel, you are more likely to recognize that simply because you're in places that you're not necessarily comfortable being. 
And I know that sounds like odd, but like I'm I'm on the road a ton. Yeah. Um, you know, and you were on the road a ton. And unless you have, you know, really spent a lot of time places where you very clearly don't belong. And I know it sounds weird to put it that way, but like best way to put it. Yeah. I mean, like you go somewhere new and you're just you're not going anywhere that you wouldn't go where you're from. It's just for whatever reason, the vibe is weird or, um, you know, it's just, it, you don't belong there. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know any other way to put it, but I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more. Uh, right now, Nick and I are talking about stuff and things and you're listening to ballistic radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. This segment also brought to you by Surefire. Know your target and what is beyond it. But how can you really know your target? By shining a really bright light at it, and that's where Surefire comes in. From the 1200-lumen EDCL-2T handheld or 500-lumen EDCL-1T handheld to the 1000-lumen XH30 or the brand-new upgraded 1000-lumen X300, Fits in all your, your old X300 Ultra holsters, duty holsters, all that good stuff. Don't have to buy new ones. Surefire can make sure you never have to yell Aziz Light ever again. Surefire, the professional choice for suppressors and illumination tools. So we were talking before the break. Um, we've got a special super secret, not secret because I said his name at the beginning of the show, uh, substitute co-host, Officer Nick. And uh, we were talking before the break, though, about, like, how traveling kind of, you I don't know, like, you're more likely to acknowledge that things can go sideways, at least in my experience. So I, I don't like making blanket statements like that, but, like, the people I've met that have traveled a lot seem to get it. Yeah. Um, like I said, like, traveling in the big cities that kind of threw me off and all of the like bad wrecks and the stuff I'd seen happen mm-hmm. on you know major interstates really like I said made me think about what I was doing and how I could help myself more. Well, and so the, it's funny you mention that because like I have, you know, I've got like two hundred seventy thousand miles on my Jeep that I've had for three years. Um, so like I I drive about ninety thousand miles a year ish. When you were on the road, you were doing about the same, weren't you? Yeah, that's pretty close. Um, like the number of accidents that I just watch happen in front of me, um, it's kind of interesting. Um, my favorite was I had a, uh, one of the, like a, a st- one of the directional steering, like road wheels on a semi truck just randomly spun off the truck and it like nose dives into the ground. The wheel goes bouncing down like I don't know how that guy didn't jackknife that rig either. He was it was very impressive because we were doing like eighty and then all of a sudden he was missing a wheel and I'm like, Oh dear God You know. <laughs> Probably but, had it happen before. Yeah, I mean, you know. Like like you do. Um You were saying something about uh you were staying somewhere? I was outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, um working and we'd work twelve to sixteen hour days most of the time when we were out of town. Got back to the hotel, and there were cops everywhere, you know, canvassed the area, and went inside and asked the clerk what had happened. She said there was a triple homicide, like, three blocks away, and they were still looking for the murder suspect. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, 
So it's like, oh, maybe I need to have something here. Yeah. Yeah, that that really got me thinking about what I could do. Because if, if that have, I got confronted, I had nothing I could do, no way to save myself or anyone else for that matter. I was... Well, so... I don't know that that's true. Um, I would not pick a fight. I would not pick a physical confrontation with you. Um, but it's certainly... Because then we could get into the conversation about, you know, the the gun is a tool. I am the weapon. And it's like, no, you're a tool too, John. <laughs> um, wait, what? Uh, but you you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like the that's actually kind of maybe an interesting thing to go uh, or an interesting um, direction to go with this. Do you think that when people first start getting interested in um, I'm going to say self-defense with a gun, um, that they overemphasize the role of the gun and underemphasize the role of them as a thinker in all that? Yes. You, you know, yeah. you, you kind of see what I'm saying there? Yeah, everybody thinks that they, not necessarily they don't need the training, but they don't need to work on um, verbal judo or any form of de-escalation, and the gun will do all the talking for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so, like, I was, um, so, like, somebody I'm I'm friends with on Facebook was, uh, what, let me scrub as much detail from this as I can. Uh, they had an incident at their home, and we're talking about how they're not going to answer the front door without a gun in their hand from now on. And I understand the, like, I understand what they were saying there as far as, like, you know, I answered my front door and this thing possible, you know, this thing almost happened and it concerned me a lot. Right. Um, but I was some, and frankly, I shouldn't have done this cause I know better, but like I was, fr- I was somewhat critical of them, uh, for like saying what they said, the way they said it. <clears throat> and the reason why was I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm going, why would you answer the door in the first place? Why didn't you already just have the firearm on your person when you're at home? Um, you know, having it in your hand, uh, what if it's the police that show up and then you end up shot dead? And it's like, well, they're not supposed to do that. I'm like, they do it all the time. Happens all the time. Every day. Uh, well, I wouldn't say every day. Well, in some parts of the world, I'd say that it happens every day. I mean, not necessarily in... Yeah. Um, it's like, you got to be careful. This is on the record now. You're like, well, well. Uh, but no, so, it, like, the the idea, though, that mistakes happen. Like the Like, the idea that, like, well, I'm right, so nothing bad will happen. I was like, whoa, whoa. And it just was sort of interesting to me because um, I hadn't run into it in a little while as far as like just that mindset of like, well, the the issue here was the lack of firearm in my hand. And I'm like, well, no, the issue here was all these other things that really had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know where... I don't know where that thought process changed for me, though, either. And that's kind of the part that I'm interested in examining because, like, I know I used to be exactly that same way. And I know at some point along the line, like, the gun became very de-emphasized for me. Not that I don't want to have one, but, like, I mean, I'm recording the show right now in in gym shorts and a T-shirt. And, like, I'm armed, yes, but it's not a, you know, it's not an RMR Glock 34 or anything like that. Um and I don't, I don't feel that bad about it. I mean, you'd probably keep me safe since I brought a police officer with me. But like yeah. any other time, like I would do this 
whether you were here or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but there was a time period where I wouldn't have. So I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't put a, a time frame on it either. I mm -hmm. mean, I went from making sure I had a full size service weapon, extra mag or two, and all this other stuff to like sometimes carrying a J frame. Yeah, yeah. Um, or if you really want to get killed on the streets, a J frame chambered in twenty two. Oh my god, ninjas. Um, I wonder how much of that is just like the, well, and here's the other thing too, though, is, uh, depending on what situation I find myself in, that might not be enough. Like that, that really might not be enough. Yeah. Um, I remember having a conversation with Claude Werner, like fast forward to past when I was dumb and thought he was dumb to when I realized that I was dumb and he was smart, but I remember talking with him about like threat profiles um we were talking about like carry guns and stuff like that and i don't remember if he said it or i said it or um i'd have to ask him but um if you're not actively looking for trouble and you're just dealing with trouble that that goes out of its way to find you the j-frame will solve 99.9 percent .9 of any trouble that finds you sort of problem where it won't is when you start looking for trouble or inserting yourself into trouble underway. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, there's that dude with the long gun and the body armor walking into that building. Hmm. I'm going to do something, you know, <laughs> it's like, um, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's it. Or maybe it's just the ability to recognize that. Maybe it's the ability to recognize trouble before it's there. Yeah, the, the pre-attack indicators or whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, the, the, the cues, as Craig Douglas would put it, and his managing unknown contacts. Um, you haven't been to ECQC yet, have you? No, I've not. Every time I tried to go, it was booked or I was out of town or something like that. Of, yeah. I, I need to go again. Uh, he was doing one this weekend and like a bunch of our friends are there, like Annette Evans is there and, um. Uh, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff's there and some other people. And I'm like, apparently they were in a dive bar watching the McGregor Khabib fight like last night. And I'm trying to imagine like this middle of nowhere dive bar with Jeff and Craig and Annette and all these other people. Uh, I think Aaron Scholl was there. And I'm just like, wow, I want to be in that dive bar right <laughs> be a fun now. place to be. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but. I don't know, and, and I apologize to the listeners, too. This is sort of a rambling episode, but it's kind of what I felt like doing. I've, I've sort of felt like doing this episode for a little while now where I just, we randomly talk about whatever as it occurs to us. Um, but, yeah. Well, and it seems like, too, that, and we got about a minute and a half left in this segment, but all the questions that I get from new people versus the question I get from people that have been doing this a while are a lot different, like a super, a lot different. And it's stuff like, you know, what gun should I carry and stuff like that. And then like the people that have been doing this a while, it's like, Hey, what do you think of how this instructor teaches this or how they teach? I'm like, that's like a big disconnect too. Yeah. The new people are more like gear centric, I guess. And yeah. Don't care. Not necessarily don't care about the training, but are more worried about what they've got than what mm -hmm. they know. Well, and I think that, um, you know, so John Hearn uh, has got a slide in his uh, performance under pressure 
presentation, which is incredible and keeps getting longer and longer. Uh, I think, you know, but it's like an eight hour presentation now. And I, I sit in on as much of it as I can, wherever, you know, whenever I'm able to, but, um, he's got like a, a, a slide in the presentation of like what actually matters. And like on one side of it is like all the stuff on the bad guy's side and like a teeter totter. Right. Then on the other side is like uh, mental preparation and physical, you know, and all these things. And then like gear is like this tiny little <laughs> smallest thing on there. Yeah, but it's like the easiest thing to change. So maybe we focus on it the most. I mean, we we can talk about that a little bit more when we get back because uh, we've got to go to break. But right now we're talking about whatever we want to, which is kind of awesome. And for some reason, you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Providing you with a wealth of information from the Steve Parents Coordinated Financial Planning Studios. This is 55KRC, the talk station, an iHeart Radio station. Yeah. iHeartRadio invites you to see Fleetwood Mac live. We've invited from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Mike Campbell and Neil Finn from Crowded House. Both these great musicians and singers have had incredible success on their own and can't wait to get back out there. Check out Fleetwood Mac's North American Tour. Buy tickets at FleetwoodMac.com. Stock up with premium fuel pellets made by Energy Pellets of America for this heating season. Our 100% recycled, environmentally friendly wood pellets burn efficiently and cleanly. At $160 per ton, pickup and delivery options available, or $3.50 per bag pickup only, we have your fuel pellet needs covered. To learn more and to order your pellets today, visit buyheatingpellets.com or call us at 937-736-0667. Energy Pellets of America, your premium fuel pellet provider guys regain your confidence and performance in the bedroom today with the gains wave therapy at huber personalized medicine the gains wave therapy is a revolutionary non-invasive and pain-free procedure that makes you perform better and last longer to see if gains wave at huber personalized medicine is right for you call 513-924-5300 or visit gainswavecincinnati.com regain bedroom confidence with huber personalized medicine i always get calls about removing layers of paint from old furniture, doors and molding, and removing old mastic off of concrete floors. My answer? Blue Bear products. They're safe, effective, and affordable. They're soy-based, so there's low odor and safe in your home. Blue Bear paint and urethane remover does the work for you. It easily removes multiple layers of paint, and the Blue Bear mastic remover makes a tough job easy. Find a Blue Bear dealer at FranMar.com. That's FranMar.com or shop at Amazon.com. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop! Experts warn of a stock market crash any day now, and you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings again. But you don't have to lose a penny. There's a better, safer way to save for retirement, and you can learn about it in a free report. This method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. To get this free report, go to bankonyourself.com. That's bankonyourself.com. Bankonyourself.com. As a marketer, you want to reach everyone, adults, teens, millennials. But it's not like these groups are all hanging out in the same place right? Actually, wrong. They're all right here, listening to radio commercials just like this one. Radio ads connect with 93% of Americans every week. That's more than Google, more than Facebook, more than TV. In fact, radio reaches 20% more millennials than TV. Want more of the people you want to talk to all in one place? You want to get to iHeartMedia.com and get AMFM working for you. 
Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. This segment brought to you by BigTexOutdoors.com. BigTexOutdoors.com is the best place for you to find all your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the lumens from Surefire. Darn it. I messed it up finally. All the lumens from Surefire at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room and need an RMR on your gun now? BigTexOutdoors.com has those. Glock accessories? Yes. Fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, BigTexOutdoors.com has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike, and you'll like Ike, too. Visit BigTexOutdoors.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. You're bad luck, Nick. I have not messed that ad up. Well, like, I knew I was going to at some point because, like, here, a peek behind the curtain. Some ads are harder to read than others, and that one's not easy to read. Well, but You're welcome. You, thank you. <laughs> and everyone else is happy, too. But for serious, go uh, buy stuff from Ike because he's awesome. So, and they've got good prices on stuff. Most stuff, yes. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, what were we saying? We were talking about stuff and things and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's very helpful. Oh, I know. <laughs> we were we were discussing like what changed and why it changed, and like where does the where does the switch occur? You know, something else I'm super curious about to like figure out. I I've you know I'm very lucky in that I get to talk with a lot of different people, and I get to talk to a lot of different people that have like a ton of experience, bunches of other directions, um, you know, or have been doing things a very long time, and occasionally I'll run into people and like, they're very set in their ways. Like they're, they're very open to a lot of stuff. And then like you find this one thing and they're like, Nope, I'm gonna do it this way. Yep. And, and like, it's predictable as to what it is based off of like generational stuff. And I'm very curious when I'm going to, when I'm going to run into the get off my lawn, like for me personally, like the get off my lawn, like, no, this is not how we do things in my day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what that's going to be. Um, in my day, we didn't plug our guns into our brains. We aimed them with our eye. You know, <laughs> like I don't. That, that's very curious to me as far as like when when am I going to get enough time on something to where changing um, is not like not beneficial or it's like I'm 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 just not going to do this. You know, I, I know I'm nowhere close to that point yet. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that I'm like nine years older than you, which scares me only a little bit. The age difference or uh, you're just getting older? Well, both. <laughs> I mean, I guess it beats the alternative. Um, I have, I mean, I wish I were, <laughs> I wish I were where you, so where you are at right now, I wish I was at nine years ago. Um, I, I'm, I wasn't. And so you've got like, you've got like this huge head start on me and I'm like, it seems unfair. It's like, darn it. I spent a lot longer being dumb. This, this isn't cool. Well, the only benefit to me is I had guys like you, I could ask questions to. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Way to make me feel. No. So seriously, when I started the show and I've had people ask like, what was the goal of the show? But, um, you know, so pistol forum was hugely beneficial to me and there were guys like, uh, Todd Lewis Green and, you know, Craig Douglas and Spencer Keepers, um, you know, and a lot of people don't realize this, but Spencer was like hugely impactful uh, 
on the development of my shooting early on. Um, like, and I, I've been shooting literally, I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm saying it unironically, un but I'd literally been shooting my entire life. And then I was like, oh, crap. I've been doing this wrong my entire life. <laughs> right. Um, like, I wish I had that. So I started shooting when I was five. And I'd say I've been shooting, like, what I would consider to be meaningfully for maybe eight years, maybe seven, like somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I'd say I'm probably at the six-year mark. There's yeah. a couple years there that I just, you know, bought the gun and carried it. And then I was like, oh, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. It's shooting pop cans off of tree stumps isn't quite training. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... You never know. You might have to take that rescue shot on that pop can on a tree stump. But no, but like seriously, like I had done all this shooting and like I had done more shooting than most people and like more like serious shooting. But serious shooting was I'm going to point the gun at something and press the trigger really fast. Yeah. Um, which I would say is representative of most of the, once again, rabbit ears around the quote, serious shooting done in the country. Um, but yeah, it was it was not... Um, not, I mean, in the scheme of things, not too long ago that I started getting serious about it. But like when I, when I started the show, all I had wanted to do was like all the stupid things that I had done that pistol forum had cured me of, or like the people on pistol forum or like Todd or, or all those dudes. I just wanted to be like, okay, um, here guys, here's all this stuff that, uh, really helped me out a lot. And hopefully you can fast forward some of my mistakes. Here's my year's worth of learning. <laughs> mm, that's something like that. Well, that's kind of the funny thing too, is like, I really think all an instructor is, is trying to do like a good instructor at least is recreate the mistakes that they have made in their past for their students in a way that they can learn from them and benefit from them. Uh, without having to have the same consequences of whatever that mistake was, whether it's wasted time, um, wasted money, or, you know, potentially negative outcomes if, um, you know, Craig Douglas was talking about this, like in his in his field experience is touted as like the be all, end all, like real world experience is a horrible place to learn that stuff because if you yeah. get it wrong, you die. Yeah. Or, or someone else does. does. Yeah. Jinx, boom, you coke. Um, you know, so. You drink coke anymore. No, that's true. I never did. My dad was into coke. I had diet coke. I'm a diet coke man. Oh, you're laughing because you thought cocaine. <laughs> he might have been into that too. We're not going to talk about that on air, though. Um, it was the 80s. It was accepted then. No, but seriously. Um, so, like, that, that was kind of like the whole point. And I think that, um, I think that's, sort of what everyone's goal is, is like, hey, I did the, well, the worthwhile people's goal is like when they try and like help people that are around them or whatever, it's like, hey, I did this thing or I know this thing is not right, so I'm going to help you not do that thing. Just how it gets presented sometimes is sort of not always useful. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. What do you think the deal is with like making fun of people for doing things that we used to do, you know? As far as just like, like you see somebody doing something that is not intelligent as far as not, not that it's not understandable, but just like, that's not a good decision to be making in this context. And like, instead of like trying to walk people through that oftentimes, and we only got about like a minute and a half left, but, um, oftentimes like, wow, look at that idiot over there. Ha ha ha. Instead of, Hey bro. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, 
pointing out or making fun of someone's uh, deficiencies, I guess the best way to put it, doesn't really help anyone. Yeah. I mean, it might make you feel a bit better, but you were probably there at one point. And well, it seems like that we have a hard time, and by we, I'm not saying necessarily you and I, um, but I mean, I've, you know, in the past, actually, I will let me in. I've done this before. Um, like, I was bad at ridiculing people versus just like genuinely trying to be like, hey, why are you doing this? And yeah. can we talk about it? Figuring out their why behind it. Yeah. Um, and maybe it was just because oftentimes they didn't have a why at all, but they would violently defend their lack of, you know, maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. But uh, anyway, we're coming up on the end of the show. Hey, guys, we've still got spots left in the uh, Elgin, Illinois, um, contextual handgun, armed parent, or guardian uh, come check that out. If you want to, you can buy tickets for it on tinyearl.com slash buy CDR tickets. So T-I-N-Y-U-R-L.com forward slash B-U-Y-C-D-R-T-I-C-K-E-T-S. Wow, I did that right. Um, and anyway, Nick, thanks for helping out, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, hopefully it wasn't too awful for you. Hey, make sure you check out our website, BallisticRadio.com, like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. Keep leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe. See you next week.